You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because this conversation feels like a true resource, which ideally is what I would love for this show to be. If you're somebody who does murals, is interested in starting to do murals, or really looking to do any kind of client work or project-based work, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. The conversation is with Roxy and Phoebe of Pander Design Co. They're also the founders of Ladies Who Paint, which is a nonprofit uh, female-based mural festival here in San Diego. And These women are not only aspirational in terms of what artists can do as far as murals go in their business, but they're also such a wonderful resource to other artists in the community. They're extremely generous. Um, Their shop and website is basically a one-stop shop for any question you might have when it comes to doing murals or client-based projects. And they had a lot to share in this conversation, a lot of concrete, practical things that, like I said, if you're looking to break into this kind of work in a variety of different forms, you're going to get a lot out of. Keeping the announcements super short for today, as always, an iTunes review or rating is extremely appreciated. All you have to do is scroll down, hit the five stars if you feel so inclined, and let us know what you're enjoying about the show. It really, really makes a difference for us. So if you haven't done that yet, um, I would love for you to do so, and it would be greatly appreciated. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it on Instagram. That's really how the show spreads and other artists find us. I also want to give a little plug here for a future Q&A episode. It's been a minute since we've done those. Um, And if there is a question or topic that you would like me to address in an episode, please send me an email at devinleewalls at gmail.com. That's in the show notes and write in your question. Uh, Be sure to let me know if you would like a shout out or you would like it to be left anonymous. Those are always really fun and it allows me to feel like I'm having a conversation with you guys. Um, And usually we get some really great topics. So I look forward to that. Okay, without further ado, I give you this amazing, resourceful conversation with Roxy and Phoebe of Pander Design. All right. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming on today. Um, Before we jump into all things murals, I was wondering if you could tell everyone a bit about you and what you do and maybe even your partnership. Cause this is the first time that I've had two people on, which feels like really fun and sweet, um, yeah. two women who work together. Yeah. First duo. Um, I'm Roxy and I'm Phoebe and together we run Panda Design Co, which is our full-time mural design business. And then we also run the nonprofit ladies who paint. Them. So how did you guys um, start painting together? Just like briefly, how did that work? Like two artists coming together to team up? Yeah. So this, we're going on year six of our business pander. We painted over 230 murals all over the country. And it started because Phoebe followed me on Instagram, sent me an email and we met up for wine and cheese and talked all things design, lettering, Instagram, and decided to start a meetup group together. That's how we initially got started. And then through doing that, we realized we worked really well together 
we had a goal of painting a mural and we got the opportunity, really enjoyed doing it. I quit my job, Phoebe quit her job and we just started doing it together and it's been a crazy ride, but here we are. That's awesome. How did that work with collaborating both of your styles? Like, was that a learning curve? Did you both have like your own flavor that you've kind of meshed into one or how's that been working? Yeah, we started as hardcore letterers and it's a very niche world, but we were really into lettering and Roxy always had this really beautiful script. So it was kind of, I would be the sans serif girl and we'd wind her script around it. So that's majority of like the kinds of collaborations we do in the beginning is just all type and um, maybe incorporating some sort of illustration, but it was really just combining our type styles. And then uh, at this point, we are trying to stray away from lettering or just over lettering. We want to do more illustration and other uh, incorporate other styles into our work. So um, it's really just the wild west trying everything, but yeah. we've just been doing it for so long. It's, it feels really organic and natural. Yeah. Collaboration has been at the core of our business and is part of everything we do. So yeah, we've been doing it for six years now and that's part of our brand as Pander is our collaboration together. And at first it was not difficult. It's just really fun to have someone that shares similar interests and ideas as you. And luckily our styles worked really well together. So we still collaborate all the time for every project to this day. Yeah. It literally used to be like, I started something in a sketchbook, hand it over to her and she finishes it with the microns um, or vice versa. And then now it's we use uh, our iPads and we work in Procreate. And so we just airdrop everything back and forth. That's so fun and so uh, refreshing since artists usually are very isolated and work alone. And one of the reasons I really enjoy doing murals is I actually really love getting to like bring an assistant with me. It just makes it so, or like a collaborator, you know, it just makes it yeah. so much more enjoyable. Um, especially with murals, there's so much like literal heavy lifting that to have somebody to share the weight of that with sounds really nice. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. That's really, um, it's cool to see. So um, I would also love to hear about your nonprofit ladies who paint, which I think is all, actually how I found you. So could you tell us like what that is and what inspired it? And then I have lots of follow-up questions about the behind the scenes, but we'll just start there. <laughs> Ladies Who Paint, we actually started it years ago just as a feature account for female street artists, graffiti artists, sign painters, muralists, because we just didn't feel like we were getting enough representation. We would see articles of like 50 top muralists in the world and there would be one woman in the group. And we're just like, this is just total bullshit. Like that's not the case at all. And it's really unfair that women are not being um, represented in this industry because there are so many amazing women. So we just started sharing photos of women's art every single day on Instagram. And then we actually got invited to participate in a mural festival in 2018. And once again, there were 40 artists and there were only, I think, three other women and we're a duo. So out of 40 artists from all over the world. Uh, it was really depressing and the mural festival was super disorganized. We felt like we didn't really even get a very good wall. A lot of the artists were all together and we were 20 minutes away in an alley behind a gas station away from everyone. So we didn't even get to meet any artists. We weren't even like, we were just totally separate. So we just felt like, 
pretty upset by that. So we got fired up and said, we want to start the first ever all-female mural festival. And so we turned it into an official nonprofit at the end of 2018 and started, had our first um, mural festival in 2019. And then now we're doing it again because we had to take 2020 off because that was a crazy year. Um, but yeah, so having more art from women being installed this fall. That is so cool and also so sad and depressing. And that is it's one of those things I feel like with sexism in the mural industry, and, and maybe this is all industries, it's like, you're so used to it. You, you don't even realize it. Like you don't even realize, or at least that's been my experience. Like I don't even realize how it is so male dominated. And I think there is this impression like you get as a woman, like, oh, muraling is hard or like, I can't do it because there's like, uh, not construction involved, but like, you know what I mean? It's like an, it can be, yeah, it's labor intensive. Exactly. And it, it makes you feel daunted and intimidated. And so, um, yeah. Did you guys ever have that experience when you first started muraling? Definitely. Uh, one of the, our, one of our first bigger high paying jobs was on a construction site and the building was literally like being built and Actually, I don't even know why they were doing the mural. Usually the mural is like the last thing that happens, but we were in the thick of it when it was um, all construction workers and- Huge building. Huge, so many construction huge workers. Huge building and- All men, basically. All men. There's, you know, you're just being stared at just walking onto the property and that doesn't feel good. And then you are scared to go to the bathroom. And then we got rained out because we didn't have- steel-toed boots and no one had ever told us that we needed those and so we were really scared to be on the property um the head construction dude was just reamed us out and so then we go home in a panic trying to find steel-toed boots and there's you can't go go and walk into a store at least then you couldn't walk into a store and buy women's steel-toed boots um you could only order them and like most of them would take two weeks so we were just, we were constantly just like hiding in fear on the property. That was a really awful experience. But like, I remember we got there the first day, everyone was so rude and condescending to us. And like, we told them we're having our lift delivered today. And we were talking to the construction manager and, and someone else in a group. And the two men look at each other and say, do they even know how to use a lift? Like right in front of us. And we're like, like it just beyond rude. They didn't, they wouldn't even tell us where the bathrooms were. Like it was yeah that sounds like like, oh go ahead (laughs) like that like that was just our first experience we've had many since then but yeah I mean that sounds like a particularly rude group of people um and also the thing about the lift it's like they would never say that to a guy you know um and it's not like it requires any extra like muscle or anything to use a lift like literally at all if I can drive a car I can drive a lift yeah yeah exactly wow so okay going back to the ladies who paint um mural festival that you created I've been so curious and and maybe this could be a very elaborate answer you could just like give us a brief insight if you want to but I've been very curious about like how you went about getting the walls for that and the permits and like have if you've needed like businesses to get on board has that just been like a huge process or oh, what was that like it's awful I would okay. recommend to it and okay so my intuition has been spot on <laughs> been yeah. very close to breaking us many times 
Yeah, and there's another example. So I had a light bulb moment where we're we're just so used to it, but like I've reached out to probably I don't know, like a hundred business businesses in San Diego, just and landlords and landlords and the parking lot owners. And, you know, you get in touch with the building manager, but then you actually need the owners. You, you need to talk to everyone. It's never a direct line. Um, not one of those people has been a woman. And mm. that was really eye opening. I'm like, wow, we really need more. We fem- have a long way to go. Female There's not even business Ugh. owners or landlords that are women in downtown San Diego like wow not. and how much easier would it be to get those walls if they were women would they be more open to the idea or understanding um we've had a lot of feedback well what are you what are we going to pay them because comic-con comes in and paints these large advertisements and pays them money and we're like well we're not an advertising agency this is a community project. We're literally trying to empower women and you're asking, not getting paid. You're asking to pay you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like they, they want to dictate the design and like, no, man, this is a this is not how that works. So it's been really challenging and really makes you hate the patriarchy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we really needed more fuel to that fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, okay. Well, in one sense that just, that feels like a very realistic picture because when I'm watching this from the outside, like I know how hard it it is to get a permit for one wall. And that's been my observation is like, how have they gotten all these walls in the city and made this happen? So it sounds like it's been very challenging and you guys have done amazing work to create what you've created. What have you found did work or like, what have you learned about like getting walls and getting businesses to say yes, if anything? (laughs) Honestly, the first year was a lot easier. We got in with a couple developers that saw the value of it right away. And this year we can't seem to find anyone that sees the value in it. Mm. So it's been a lot more challenging, but it's like anything we do, we just do outreach. We put together a beautiful presentation to explain the value. Like this year we have like a million screenshots of people taking photos in front of the walls, yet they still can't really understand the value. Some of these buildings are literally boarded up with human feces Jeez. all over the <laughs> oh my wall, God. garbage everywhere, <laughs> and they still can't see the value. So um, it feels about like finding the right people, I guess. Yeah, it can feel like fitting, um, you know, a square into a round hole, that whatever analogy, but it persistence has really just been the key. We, we can't, we honestly, we can't give up like we're putting this thing on. So we're just have to keep on pushing through. And yeah, as Roxy said, outreach has been huge for us and, um, private donors are, are the way to go to, uh, we, don't recommend anyone trying to get into grant writing or anything like that. Like that's a whole profession in itself. And we're, we can't do, we can't learn how to do that. So we're just going the private route and that's been the easiest way to get funding. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Persistence, beautiful presentations, grant writing is a thing, which is something I have also suspected and why I have not been drawn to get too into that. Um, yeah, we tried yeah. to do a few in the beginning and then we we're like, we're not getting these. And it's for a reason because like people hire, like that's mm-hmm. someone's whole profession. So. And a lot of times if you're a nonprofit, you have to be 
established, quote unquote. So you have to be around for five years for anyone to support you, um, which doesn't make sense because how are you supposed to get to five years if no one's supporting you? So mm-hmm. private has been the way to go for us, like mm-hmm. figuring out what brands care about empowering women. Um, and that's been really successful for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have created an amazing thing that I know women muralists pretty much everywhere have been looking to as something that's very inspirational and aspirational. Um, and that like, we all want to be a part of. So I commend you guys for the hard work that you've put in from getting shit on every day by people here. It's nice to hear that it's making an impact because we really only get negative. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, it, it absolutely is. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I would love speaking of like the aspiring women muralists, I would love to just talk about that arena and what you've learned about getting started as a muralist. So for somebody who is just starting out, like they're an artist of some kind or a letterer or a designer, and they want to start doing murals, what would be like your most important advice to somebody who just wants to like get their foot in the door? I think it would be a two-parter. So first off, see if you even like it, because like we discussed, it's freaking tough work and it's not really as fun and glamorous as it can seem on Instagram. So paint a mural for a friend, for a school, just see if you even freaking like it. And then two, do not ever do it for free. Just because you haven't Mm -hmm. painted a mural, I guarantee you don't have any experience. Like some people tell us like, oh, I don't have experience, but I've been painting for 12 years. Like we'll ask them like, well, have you painted before? And they're like, yeah, I've been painting for 12 years. You have experience. If you can paint a canvas, you can paint a wall. It's the same thing. And I would never recommend doing work for a business for free just to get experience. Um, We are proving that you don't have to do that. We're trying to encourage other artists not to do that. Um, We see a lot of male artists telling people they need to do free work for exposure and for experience. And honestly, we feel that comes from a place of privilege because these men have been being paid more than us their entire lives. They have the cushion to be able to do work for free. And that ends up hurting all of us when people are doing work for free. So I just encourage, even if you haven't done a mural before, try one out and don't do it for free for a business. We have a free pricing guide on our website It'll tell you how to price it out, but don't do it for free. That is such interesting advice because I, I have even given opposite advice because how I have built my portfolio is from free opportunities. Granted, I think I've also done them, not necessarily like for businesses. Like I've done them as part of like an art residency program or, or like ways to practice and build my portfolio in that way. Um, but I'm really curious about diving more into this, like not starting off for free. So if somebody is like, okay, I'm going to take your advice. I'm not going to do it for free. How would you recommend that they pitch or show something that they've never done before? How does that work? Like getting your first mural when you've never done one? Yeah. So we definitely recommend, like, as we said, like you can do one for free for yourself in your own home or in your friend's house, like somewhere you can have creative freedom and like, yeah, an artist residency or something, um, which I'm assuming you still have to apply for, but, um, you know, where you could have creative freedom and you can get to have like these, these little lovely moments in your portfolio. We also in the beginning had mock-ups in our portfolio. No one ever asked us, did you actually paint this on a building? Um, we didn't have a mock-up on a 20-story building, like something believable, you know, in your portfolio. But 
Um, we had a few mock-ups and then small like chalkboard stuff, et cetera. And in this presentation that we'd be sending out, we, we did a lot of outreach and we still do a lot of outreach. And that's um, something that we yeah, put in a beautiful portfolio or beautiful presentation and then email businesses that you think would be a good fit and explain the value, like what you can do for them. Um, businesses want to know the return on investment. So are you bringing people into the space? Is it, are you creating an Instagram wall? Are you just beautifying their poop covered wall? <laughs> you know, like there's many things, or if it's inside an office building, um, are you making the employees happy? Stuff like that. And most of these people that are wanting to get into muraling are not just like, oh, I was working in an office and I've never touched a pencil and randomly I want to paint murals. Like it's not yeah. those people, it's creatives, it's artists, it's designers, yeah. people that have experience, but like just because you haven't painted a mural doesn't mean you can't do it for business. It's still extremely valuable to that business. It's yeah. time consuming. It's a lot of work on your body. It's a premium, premium product. This is not just like, you know, something you should be giving out for free. So get our pricing guide. It's free. It'll walk you through the pricing that we recommend. And from us, like we did our first mural for Red Bull and wow, we we're shitting our pants, but we weren't yeah. like, are you sure you want to hire us? We've never painted a mural before. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. not how you pitch yourself. We knew we could do it. We've both been painting our whole lives. Like we hadn't painted on a wall. We did um, a couple electrical boxes beforehand. Those usually the cities have a small amount of funding to pay for that. That's good practice as well. Um, but like a lot of artists think that the clients are going to be like, tell me every single mural you've done right now. And it's like, no, yeah. I start grilling you and saying like how many, no one asks us how many murals we've done. No one asks us if we graduated from art school. No one asks us anything. If you can show yeah. them what you do like via mock-ups or whatever, that's all it takes. Yeah, totally. I hear you particularly in like, if it's for a business, because there's lots of ways to do murals that aren't necessarily like for businesses. I mean, there's like street art, people paint walls for free all the time. Yeah. Um, but the business will really be gaining value. And therefore, if you're doing it for a business, like you should be receiving that value. And I really feel that in that I have um, done things for like material cost and where I knew it was like bringing value. Um, I don't necessarily regret it, but I can totally see what you guys are saying in that sense for sure. Um, okay. So then a follow-up question for somebody who is like, okay, they've been doing murals. Maybe they've done them for free or cost or low cost. And they're like, okay, I'm experienced. I got this. Now I need to start like seriously making some money. Um, how do you recommend going after projects that pay more money? Or maybe we can even just have a conversation about like normalizing five and six figure projects. Yeah. Um, so at this point in our career, we've been lucky. The bigger ones have come to us, but there's, that's not to say that you can't find them yourself as well. Um, our first five figure ones were all through outreach. Right. So we're just going to keep talking about outreach. It's annoying. Um, no, it's not. I need to, outreach is my worst thing I'm worse at. I actually never do outreach. I've only yeah. done projects where people reach out to me. So no I'm one wants to do it. to do it. Yeah. No one wants to do it. We know it's hard work and it's hard being, at least in the beginning, it's hard being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, but it really is just a numbers game. And no one actually says anything mean to you when you're reaching out. Like no one says, wow, this works disgusting. Never email me again. Um, that would be really frightening if 
people like that existed, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really just a numbers game and, and getting your name out there. Like we always say, like if Coca-Cola has to do advertising, so does little Phoebe and Roxy or whatever artist, you know, until everyone in the world knows your name, you need to be advertising yourself and outreach is free. I mean, a lot of people pay for um, an agent or Facebook ads or like any sort of advertising outreach is completely free and you can just it's just your time which is costly but honestly we'll sit there and like I'll be watching The Bachelorette and doing it while I'm um, just you know binge watching tv so getting it out there and um, you just really never know who's who's in need of a mural so that's where we've been successful because most business owners don't know where to find an artist like it makes sense to us we're all hanging out on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot so we feel like there's so many artists out there but the business owners don't know where to find us and not everyone is on social media so you need to put yourself in front of them and I think some tips for knowing who to reach out to and who has money for bigger projects you really have to know yourself and the value of your work and who would value it so I would recommend listing every single client you've ever had and put them into categories of what industry they're in and also like color coding them by how big the project was it? Was it $1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000? And start to see the trends in who has hired you in the past and go after those clients that have had more money. Um, also you can Google what industries are doing really well right now in my city or like what are some businesses that just got funding in my city? Like we will be constantly looking for these things and we've reached out to companies and like they were like, how did you know we just got funding? And we're like, it's all public information. Yeah. Like even nonprofits, there are nonprofits that have millions and millions of dollars. So like we hear people just automatically do stuff for free for nonprofits. Like if a nonprofit reaches out to you, it's public information to find out how much money they have. You can easily Google that and find out, okay, this company, like Ikea is a nonprofit. They have- Oh my gosh, they are. <laughs> I know yeah. that was a shocker when we learned that. Yeah. So, um, there's so much information out there about what industries, what companies are doing well. And it doesn't take much of a Google search to figure out, especially like in your city, in your state, in your country, there's so much money out there. Like when we booked our first six figure job, the guy did not blink at six figures. Like he tried to negotiate in a little. So we're like, okay, we'll take $1,000 off. And he was like, cool, sounds good. Like just to feel like he was getting a deal. And we were like, obviously like, pooping our pants, like, <laughs> like, oh my God, like we were so freaked out by it because we'd never booked a six-figure job before. Like if we can book a six-figure job, that one is literally sign painting. There is no design required. It's literally just showing up and painting a logo huge a million times. Like the work, the money is out there. You just have to go get it. The people that have mm. money are not on Instagram. They're not on TikTok. They're in email and you can access them for free. Yeah, that's very inspiring to hear. I think it's always refreshing as an artist where you live in this world that is like Instagram and other artists and you feel like everybody has such a small budget. It's like, no, no, when you step outside of that, that's really not the case. It's the case for a lot of people, but it's not the case for everyone in every business. And so I'm thinking about like these big companies or nonprofits, surprisingly, um, that might have bigger budgets I always struggle with like, who do I email? Do you like do a lot of research or has there been like a learning curve? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter because as long as you get in touch with a person, they can connect you to the right person. Like you're mm. not, you should, how would you know how their company is structured? Like, yeah. like even if you reach out to the janitor and he says, <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to connect you to the VP of marketing. Boom. You have an, a referral right there. Like mm. if a human attempt, like CCs you to another human and says, Hey, this person is a muralist, blah, blah, blah. That speaks volumes. Like just having that person to person connection, like they don't know that you don't even know that person. Like anyone at a company can connect you to anyone else. So it really doesn't matter. You can just ask, I don't know if you're the right person, but would you mind getting me in touch with whoever would be in charge of hiring murals or interior design, whatever. Um, and every company is structured differently. I wish it was as simple as it's always the art director, but it's not the case. We've been hired by all different people. So you just never know. Okay. That's also very encouraging. That's something I hadn't thought of. That's the thing I stress out. Number one is like, let's just take Ikea, for example, since you brought it up, like who would I know to contact at Ikea, yeah. but it's almost like they will send you around the email chain. So don't mm-hmm. even worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Than everybody thinks like, I promise once you get into it and you start seeing like, wow, response, response, job. Mm. That's when you, when you start to see that momentum, then it gets so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a bit of a personal question since actually the past couple of questions have been personal, uh, just like my own interest. So I feel like you guys do such a great job with your murals of really catering, catering it to the business. Um, but for somebody who like really has their own style that like they aren't going to do lettering, they're probably not going to do logos. Um, it's really like their own art style. Do you think the process would be similar, different, the same? Would it just be about like how you're packaging it or who you're targeting? Yeah, absolutely. Same. We have, we have friends that have specific styles they always do. And you just have to think about where could you see your art and you have to be able to sell it to those people. Like it's the same process. Sales is the same. Like if you sell a cup of coffee, if you sell a car, if you sell a mural, it's all the same. It's all the same techniques for sales. So I would say like someone like your style is amazing. Love what you do. I can see that like being on the side of an apartment building where they just want something cool. I could see it in the Mm -hmm. hotel lobby of a boutique hotel. That's just like, they want to be cool. They want to be approachable. They want to get towards millennials that have money. Like that's where I could see your work. Whereas like, you're not going to do some of the stuff that we do that we don't even share about because we, it's so not what we like, (laughs) like, you're not going to do certain things because you're doing your own style, which is great, but it's just like, you have to know and be able to like, understand the value that you're giving to your clients. So design firms, architecture firms, you might not be a good fit for all of their projects, but you could be their go-to person for, um, the, exactly the kind of clients Roxy just mentioned, like boutique hotels and whatnot, and just getting on their vendor list would be really key to your business. Mm. Yeah, it's such good advice. I mean, it is very personal to me, but, and also I know most people who listen to this podcast are like studio artists of some kind. Um, Mm. and so, and it's something I talk about a lot too. And I have seen to be important in other ways is like, just be aware of what you do and like what you're bringing and who it's for and whether that's like selling a gallery style painting or doing a mural. Like, I think that that thought process applies. So yeah. It's about being able to tell the business what you can do for them. Like we have a bunch of people reach out to us that want us to hire them or whatever. And they'll just be like, 
I really want to paint murals. Like, I don't know anything. Or like you could do outreach to a company saying like, I just love painting. I want to paint in your wall, blah, blah, blah. But you're not making it about the business. You're just making it about yourself. Like, it makes me feel good to paint. Like, why does a business care about that? They don't care about that. Like, you could say like, this will be very impactful in your space and is going to make your space unique. It'll make your employees feel good. It'll make more people come to this space, seeking out the mural, like make it about the business, not about yourself, but know the value that you provide to those businesses. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Very, very good advice. Um, <laughs> feel like I'm going to get on like a, like a fired up about pitching after this conversation. Yes, hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm also curious in general. So beyond like getting the jobs, as you guys know, there's so many things that happen in between, between like landing the job and completing the job, whether that's like your own process or dealing with the client um, or a combination of both. And so I'm wondering for you guys, like what have been some of your mistakes that you've learned from in your process that you would want to like pass on to others, whether it's like, like I said, client stuff, process stuff, anything like that. In the beginning, anything that went wrong was because our contract was too loose. We didn't have very strict boundaries in there. So now that's not an issue anymore. We rarely have any flare ups or issues on a job or through the process um, because our contract is so tight another plug for our shop, but we have mural contracts and design contracts templates available that have been looked over by a lawyer. Um, but yeah, just having that tight. So like every single time something goes wrong on a job, you need to analyze, okay, what, why did that happen? And usually you can point back to, oh, this paragraph, I need to add a line that says blah, blah, blah. So at one point we added a line that our mural can be up to 25% different from the on-screen rendering because we had a client complain, but it's like, well, a rendering is a lot different than the actual wall itself. Like there's gonna be an outlet that you need to move the design for this for whatever. And 25% is just a made up number that we, we put in there to make ourselves feel good. And we felt that clients would feel, we don't actually know how to measure 25% difference, but- And no one's ever asked. It's just to put people, make people aware that it's gonna be different especially like color is Paint never colors. the same. Oh my gosh. It's my biggest struggle. I'm like, okay, it's not going to be this color, but it'll be this vibe. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just being really clear upfront with expectations and boundaries and, and that's all it comes down to your contract. Okay. So having a solid contract that we can get on your website, which I think I actually also have and have cool. like incorporated into what I was doing. Uh, so I can vouch for that. Um, having a solid contract, anything else that comes to mind? I'm even thinking like equipment stuff or like material yeah. stuff. There's just so I can think from my first meal, there's like so many little things that you pick up. Yeah. I would say, um, you have to really know that time is money. Like if you were up on a lift 20 feet in the air doing minor, minor, minor touch-ups for hours, no one is going to see that. No one's going to be up close. Like you have to continually like step back. It's not supposed to be perfect. That's why it's hand done. It's not a vinyl. It's painted. It looks hand done. Like if you step back, like the things that you are like spending those extra hours at the end fixing, the client would never notice. So we've learned to just be really mindful of our time to take a step back, not get too like in like close up mode, making sure every little thing is perfect. Um, 
we do wish that we invested in um, the six foot scaffolding, like the smaller earlier. yellow guy that you see in people's photos earlier, because sitting on that is so much better than going up and down a ladder all the time. And uh, if it's in my Kia Souls, so like you don't need, people think you need a heavy duty truck. You can fit absolutely fit it in smaller cars and it's only like two, $300. So that is something we wish, cause we, yeah, we're realizing like, as we're getting old, um, our knees and backs really hurt. Oh my God. Yes. Wear good shoes. Yeah. Like wear really good shoes. Yes. The labor part. I just got back from doing a mural and the timeline was really short. Well, I thought I was giving myself an extra day. I don't know Uh, if you guys have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was very tight. And because I was traveling for it, it like had to get done. And my joints, like, yeah, the taking care of your body as a muralist, I think is something that like when people are looking from afar on Instagram, it's, you're not even thinking about it, but when you're doing it, it's very hard labor. So actually, since we're on the topic, I think the scaffolding is a great recommendation. It is very hard on your feet and going up and down to do a ladder for when you have to be up high for a long period of time. Um, good shoes. What shoes do you guys wear? I'm going to get super nitty gritty yeah, about it for anybody who does murals. They're going to appreciate it. <laughs> just invested in new ones. Cause we're like, all right, the vans and the converse are <laughs> cutting it. They look cute, but no. So we just got palladiums. I okay. Don't know it but it's a French brand I think and they their boots their boots and they have a really nice thick sole and um we've only worn them a couple of times but it's been for long periods of times and my feet feel yeah good. everything hurts except the feet yeah <laughs> perfect yeah okay yeah. good and they're shoes not yeah dollars they were like they're lightweight they were like 80 bucks I think and our friend that lives in Minnesota that wears them he wears them like hiking in the rain so they're durable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shoes, scaffolding. And is there anything else you guys like practice being really mindful of like your body positions and stuff when you're painting for long periods of time? We no, we used to are bad about that. We used to be like, oh, we're going to bring a yoga mat to stand on. <laughs> and like at, when we're carrying a million gallons of paint, it's like the last thing you think about. Yeah. Um, but we, we, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. We try to schedule like massages after yes. long jobs. Mm-hmm try to water breaks. Like I'm thinking I haven't brought it in a while, but I'm going to Minnesota tomorrow and it's going to be 95 outside. So I'm going to bring my camel back so I can just mm. quickly slurp That's it out. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We just get so in the zone that sometimes we're like, oh shit, we didn't eat anything today. (laughs) So like, that's not good. So just trying to like, take care of yourself, bring a cooler, an ice chest, whatever, Mm -hmm. like yeah. Be mindful of that. Totally. I'm glad I actually also schedule massages after murals. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a business expense. It is. And like when the massage therapist is like, um, you need to be coming back like every other week, then, you know, like, oh shit. Like one time we talked about that on stage at a conference and this big name designer who we won't mention, um, male, male was rolling his eyes and shaking his head. It was like a group that we are so bougie and we're like, uh, let me see your ass painting a mural. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's actually funny. I was going to make the comment like, okay, I guess that's really, I'm glad to hear that. I'm not the only one who does this bougie thing, but it's totally not. I, when you're actually doing hard labor for 12 hours a day, 
for a week, like back to back, it's serious on your body and your body is your instrument at which you have to carry out the job. Um, it's so crazy that that's even considered bougie or something to be right. I rolled at for people listening. It's not take care of yourself, get a massage. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you guys have mentioned pricing a lot and I know that we can get your pricing guide, uh, which maybe we'll like put a link to that specifically for people, but I'm wondering just like before they head over to the guide, are there other, are there things to be mentioned like the urge to underprice or things to consider in your pricing that maybe if you're not experienced, you wouldn't think to consider, um, what can you tell us about like your structure and what you've learned? So you need to consider, yeah, your body. You can only paint so many murals in your life and you gotta take care of that. Um, massages, et cetera business expenses from setting up your business correctly. Taxes is typically like you want to save 30%. So that's 30% that you shouldn't be taking out. Um, So maybe up your rates by 30% to accommodate that. Um, Equipment, lift, travel. We always, any of those extra expenses, we multiply by two. Mm. Food, whatever food, like everything that you need to purchase, take that and multiply it by two, add that on top of it. General liability insurance, a lot of muralists don't have that, but if you are doing work on a business's property, you need to have general liability insurance. A lot of big companies will not even let you step foot on the property if you don't have it. And it's just good to protect yourself. It adds to your value as a a muralist saying, this includes liability insurance that makes clients feel a lot better. And you can get um, really cheap, easy day rates for, um, insurance on websites like Thimble, they can do a day, a week, whatever you need if you're not ready to invest in a full year. Um, There's plenty of time where work is gonna be slow. It's not always busy 24 seven. So you need to be able to save and have enough money cushion for those times and be able to, sorry, there's a card. That's okay. (laughs) Um, You have to be able to have enough money to support yourself. Um, A lot of artists do feel nervous and they want to lower the rates because they think, oh, I really want this project. It's a really cool project, blah, blah, blah. We've all, there's a million really cool projects out there. This is not the only one. There will be more cool projects that come along. If they can't afford you, you need to walk away. And until the contract's signed, you cannot get excited. If you're in a position where getting one job is going to make or break your career, your business, you're not running your business well. You shouldn't be in that position where if I don't get this job, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. There are more issues with your business that you need to take care of and focus on the business because we are business people first and designers, artists second. You have to put your business first. So you're not going to be able to paint anything if you don't have somewhere to live. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But we we do have some other tools. If instead of, um, or just techniques like instead of dropping the price immediately, if you really do feel like it's a make or break situation, you can always offer a payment plan. So breaking the payment up into three or four payments rather than just 50% upfront and 50% upon completion, because that makes the client feel like you're really working with them and being a little flexible. Um, Although you're still getting the same amount of money in the end, so you're not dropping the price. And then also what we'll do is um, we'll offer different um, sizes of the wall. So you don't necessarily, this is specific to murals, but 
you don't have to paint the full wall. You can do just a portion of it. It still is going to be impactful. You'll do an amazing job for hundred square feet versus like the full 5,000 square feet that this client thinks they're going to get for, you know, nothing. So um, showing different options and we'll, we always tell them like, we'll design it in a way. So it doesn't just look like a weird sticker on the wall. Like it looks purposeful. I will also say too, like talk about money as quickly as possible. Just like ask the client if they have a particular budget range, even if they say they don't know what their budget is, it's still good to break the ice when it comes to money and you can walk them through your pricing. Um, but just because a client tells you what their quote unquote budget is, that does not mean that's all the money they have. Don't immediately drop your prices to accommodate that number. They're always lying. They're, They're always, always lying. giving you the lowest <laughs> number possible. We had a client tell us their budget was 10,000. And what do you know? They, they paid us 55,000. Wow. We had a client tell us their budget was 3,000. We had them pay us 9,000. Like every single time someone tells us a budget, we literally give that as the lowest option, the bottom tier. This is what we can do for your budget and then do other packages that are more expensive. Guarantee every time they go more than their budget. Okay. That is very inspiring to hear. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You got to think like if you were the business owner, of course, you're going to give like the lowest possible number for the most part. I mean, I've also worked with small businesses who are like absolutely amazing and haven't done that, but I could also see that there's usually way more money <laughs> to be made. So all very good advice. I also like what you said about take all your expenses and double it. I think that's a really practical way of looking at it. And in my experience is usually like closer to what you end up spending anyway. Um, we have such a tendency to want to like cut all the color corners and round down because like you said, we want the jobs, but you guys are such amazing living proof that like, no, there's tons of jobs. There will always be a new opportunity as long as you keep pitching. (laughs) So don't sell yourself short. Yeah. I love that. Totally. So, okay. I know you guys have a book coming out and that's very exciting. So I would love to hear like, what is this book about and what's been the process going into it and when is it coming out? So the book is called Wonder Walls and it's coming out in November. It's available for pre-order now everywhere you can get books, but it's about how to paint a mural in your own space. So maybe for these people that are wanting to try out a mural in their own home and they're really nervous, this will walk you through plenty of different projects and different options, Uh, 26 to be exact, that we painted in a lot in our own office and then also (laughs) um, in random people's homes around San Diego because uh, yeah, this is very like bootstrap. We did everything ourselves and during the global pandemic. So it was pretty complex, uh, a lot of logistics to figure out to make it happen, but um, we're really excited to finally see it coming to fruition. That's amazing. Yeah. And so helpful. It's something I wish I had when I was starting out, like even with tons of painting experience, there are things to consider when you're coming up against a wall. (laughs) And so just to like have that reference is just very very helpful and such a gift. So we will also be sure to link to that. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else coming up? When is the festival happening? Uh, what other projects do you have on the horizon? Anything you'd like to share? Yeah. Ladies Who Paint 2021 is coming up October 1st. So we're giving the women two weeks this year to install at their own time frame, whatever works for them. And so that's the first through the 17th. So 
If you're gonna be in the San Diego area, we recommend coming to check out the final pieces after the 17th, or if you wanna see them in progress, I guess you could come earlier. Um, but yeah, we'll have all the those locations on a map on our website so people can check them out. What else do we have coming up? Besides the book, um, we are just busy, busy with murals. Um, so, you know, we do share a lot of information how to get mural jobs. And some people like our parents are like, aren't you worried about competition because you're telling everyone how to do it? And we're like, no, there's so much work out there. Like if we're all doing better in our businesses, it just helps all of us. So we're very fortunate to be busy. And that just shows that you could be really busy too. Um, we have a few travel jobs. That's something that's outreach is really helpful with. We have a goal of painting a mural in all 50 states. We're about to hit 25 as we head to Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, more travel jobs, bigger jobs. Put it out there. Just if you have a goal, put it out there. You literally never know who's listening. One time we were on stage at a conference. So granted we were in front of an audience, but I said, shout out to South Dakota, like the most random state that came off you know, top of my head. And someone in the audience was like, oh my gosh, like I work for the travel bureau in uh, South Dakota. And next thing you know, we're booking a job there and flying to South Dakota. So yeah, it's just anything is possible. You just, people aren't psychic. People aren't going to read your minds. You have to put it out there. And there is so much work. They, they just don't know where to find you. So you need to make it easy, easy for them. Yeah. It's such a great spirit that you guys bring to like the artist community, the female artist community, muralists in general of just like abundance. And there's tons of jobs. We really need artists who are genuinely experiencing that and feeling that way so they can pass it down to the people who are trying to get a leg up. So thank you so much for creating what you have and like putting out the resources and information that you do. Um, I'm really grateful for that. And I know so many people benefit and it's just been so lovely to connect with you guys and I'm local and need to come down and see the festival. I feel like we <laughs> we should be friends now and, and hang out IRL. I, I, I think we should. I think maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're our neighbor. So we'd love that. Um, Great. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, you guys. Huge shout out to Roxy and Phoebe for coming on the show. Um, I hope you got as much out of that as I did. I know I walked away from that conversation just like fired up to get my pitching game together and my contracts neat and tidy and solidify all of my prices and be brave when people tell me that their budget is way lower than we all know it probably is. So I hope you feel the same. Please be sure to visit their website and get all of their freebies, their pricing guide. Um, they have a lot of really great offerings on there that I have both signed up for and purchased um, and have really benefited from. So all of the links for that are in the show notes. As always, if you are not connected with the show on Instagram, please give us a follow at Art and Magic Podcast. The link for that is also in the show notes. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.